every mitzvah has to be done b'simcha, because if you don't do a mitzvah b'simcha, it doesn't fly up. It doesn't go up to Shemayim. So the Zoe asked a very interesting question. A carbon, a person's sins, has got to bring a sacrifice, a carbon. A sacrifice has to come with a broken heart. The Pesach says, Lev, nishber of anitke, lekim sivza. Can't come in, you know, you bring, you sin by mistake. You bring Shabbos, you bring an offering, you're in a good mood. I mean, imagine someone says to you, I'm sorry, in a happy, laughing mood. That doesn't, doesn't make sense. So when a person makes a sacrifice, he has to be humble, not in a laughing mood. So how does that mitzvah go up to Shemayim? It's amazing. The Zoya explains that even a carbon cannot fly up to its right place unless the simcha. So the Zoya says the Kahanim and the Levim who are doing the carbon, the Koyan does the sacrifice, and the Levim playing instruments music, through those two things, the, the carbon goes up to Shemaim. So then the Zoyer asks another question. That's very, very nice, says the Zoyer. If you bring a carbon, when a person does tshuva, now how does that tshuva fly up to Shemaim? There's no simcha. You're supposed to do tshuva. You're supposed to be really sorry, really begging to be forgiven. So if you're really begging to be forgiven, how does that mitzvah of tshuva go up to Shemaim? The Zoe says a very interesting thing. If you learn afterwards besimcha, the happiness of Toyota afterwards would take the tshuva up to Shemaim. So the Zoe says a very, very powerful thing. Even when a person does tshuva, he has to bring somehow, somewhere, happiness in him. Because simcha is a very, very important. So here you see that it was very important to bring, to bring yourself into, into a happiness, to pick up the mitzvah, to pick the, the whole tshuva to fly up. So I always say that the shoshana is a, a gula to be happy. I'll explain you why. Because we do believe in Hashem. Faith brings happiness. Because every one of us, some of us more than others, but have our problems, share our problems in life, difficulties, painful situation. The simcha, if you're knowing that everything is bashed, it's terrible, but it's bashed. It takes away the sharpness, and it helps to bring up the tshuva and shemaim. Most people are Shoshana, he's standing there, he's coming to Dava, knowing that is, there's Hashem in the world, you, you know that it is, you know that you're begging him, Somehow we are connected to our faith in a much stronger way. The connection to our faith on, on this day helps us to elevate ourselves and we should be happy. You know, I used to tell people that the reason another, another thing which helps enormously You know, we tell ourselves it's going to be a new year. Most of us think about the new year. We're going to daven for Hashem. He's going to help us, which is true. If you daven hard, if you do tshuva the right way, Hashem 
will help. I've seen people, you know, unbelievable, you know, things that they did is, uh, it's like they were helped, no question about it. But there's another very important thing. Tell yourself you're starting a new life. Rosh Hashanah should be a newness. I'm, you know, I'm here to start a new year, a new life. You know, when, when, if a person could tell himself every day, this is a new day, let me take the challenge, life becomes much easier. But here we have to look at it, it's a new opportunity to get close to Hashem. Let me get close. It's a very awe. Rosh Hashanah is an awe day, day of awness. It is Rosh Hashanah. But you have to tell yourself, this is an opportunity that here I am, I am getting close to Hashem. Even closer to Hashem, because that's all about Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is about, we talk to Hashem, we mamlich Hashem unto us, we say He's our King and He's our Creator, we accept Him. And just to tell yourself, this is a new beginning. A person can make themselves feel like new, you know, it's just, I explained a few weeks ago, can you imagine that you could feel yourself like a young, you know, the days that you miss? You know, Shlomo Melech says in, in Mishnah that people always say the good old days. Always, people are busy with those good old days because we miss our youth. Those good old days, can you imagine? You could tell yourself, I feel like whichever year in life you felt great. If you were 18 or 13 or 20, feel, you know, if a person is macabre himself, this is a new year, a new life, a new beginning. And it's, then it's much easier also to do tshuva and much easier to ask Hashem because what holds us often back is we, we say, look, Hashem is going to listen to me. I'm a sinner. You know, someone at Blantisa told me the Shabbos. He said, I have a hard time. He told me very clearly, I have a very hard time. Hashem will forgive me. Didn't want to, he didn't elaborate, but I was, I fried out for a time, and I did terrible things. So I said, you know, that's part of the Yitzhahara. The Yitzhahara comes to a person that it says you can't do tshuva. I asked him, did you murder someone? No, 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 no. You know, did you, uh, did you have an illegitimate child? No, 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 no. If you didn't murder anyone, there's no sin in the world, you cannot do tshuva. If you're sincere, the body forgives you, and it makes you, what happens is our old sins that we carry with us brings us down. If you know, I did my tshuva, Hashem forgave me, and I could just move on. And that you should tell yourself, it's a new year. And that's why Hashem judges us, because he, you know, it's a day of judgment, and if you daven hard, you do tshuva hard, miracles happen. I've seen it with my eyes, people who are in desperate of desperate situations. That the Rabbi Shemil helped them. So, you know, the tshuva, the what we need to do is, is to tell ourselves we're beginning something new. The Menachemus is a very, very profound thing. He says, if everything till now was done right, you have nothing to lose. Nothing to lose, you start, you know. But if you tell them now, you start a newness, everything, everything, when you start something new, it, it's like everything gets nourished from the Kabbalah that you took upon yourself, from the accepting. So, you know, 
See, there's another very important part of Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Every year I tell myself this, being watching what goes on in the community and, and, and pain. Very often, if we would daven hard to Hashem, not always, but sometimes, most often, if we daven hard to Hashem and we really do tshuva, certain things wouldn't happen to us. Certain thing is destined to happen. There's no question, certain people, that's the ticking, that's the ticking they're going to have, and it must happen. You know what I mean? That's how it is. It's going to happen. But that is beyond our understanding. A person is, uh, is born sick. A person is born, born blind. A person is born very limited, but he could do, or very limited intelligence. Or sometimes people born healthy, one after another, you see in Hashemayim. Certain things have to be this way. Let me explain an interesting Gemara. The Gemara says there was a great Amoida called the Rebeloza. And it, and it was incredible poverty stricken. In, you know, the way the Gemara describes, it's unbelievable how poor he was. He begged Hashem that he should, uh, should have Panasa. So Hashem told him, I have to destroy the world and recreate it. A very, very interesting matter, but I'll explain to you in a minute. So he asked Hashem, which part did I, I, do I have? My life is to have more time to live, or is it I have lived most of my life? Did I live most of my life, or do I still have to live most of my life? So Hashem said, you live most. Oh, I would say, don't destroy the world. So Mephoshim explained what he was asking Hashem to destroy the world. No. The blazer came down, and he needed a ticken. He was down in this world once. His ticken was that he must have poverty. So he asked Hashem, if I still have most of my life to live, I'd rather die and be born and not in the pain of poverty, another pain. But since I lived most of my life, leave it this way. He agreed to Hashem. The blazer was so great that Hashem spoke to him and answered him. We don't, have, we don't hear answers. We have to just beg Hashem. And very often, it, it, you know, you just keep on davening and davening. The Rebani Shloilam makes miracles. doesn't mean the sun is not going to go down. Things turn into, I witnessed someone who literally lost all his money. I mean, he had money. He lost everything. He was in debt. An unbelievable amount. And he was, I want to tell you how bad his situation was. That not only he had, he had a wife and children, he became suicidal. He became, and he had many other problems. And he davened very hard. One of decided to daven very hard. And that year, literally, things turned around. But for years, about three years, he was unbelievable despondent. I mean, he was, he was really suicidal. I've watched. Your person has to believe that if you daven, Hashem is going to listen to you. That's part, part of your daven. The more you believe it, the more you daven. Sometimes you don't want to daven because you don't believe we could be helped. No. The Rabbani Shalom will help us, could help us, and will be helped. Sometimes we have to endure what we go through. You know, there's another very important thing about tshuva I want to explain today. You know, tshuva helps a person in every part of Yiddishkeit. Why is that so? Why does it help him every part of Yiddishkeit? See, there's a very, very famous Gemara. We learned this in the Madrash. We learned this in the Gemara. One of the things that was created before the world was created was tshuva. 
And Chesidus, this is explained, Shuva is called Oilam Habina, in the world of Bina, which is above the seven days of creation. That's Shuva goes all the way that high up. And what happens is when a person does Shuva, because there's a question, if a person did something wrong, how can you fix what you did wrong? A person ate Chazer. He ate Chazer. Or he spoke gossip. Or a guy was Mechal Shabbos, and he's really sorry. How, do you, how does that get fixed? How does it get fixed? The day has passed. That Shabbos had a chilol, has a blemish. And his soul has a blemish. Tshuva is above the seven days of creation. And when you do tshuva, the bina, when it comes down and cleans the world up, sort of to say. It's a metaphoric saying. It doesn't work that way. But it, it's above creation. And the tshuva comes and is able to fix a person. So not only does it fix a person sometimes, the things that have to be fixed, but mostly emotionally, spiritually. When a person does an aveda, there's an, a spiritual blemish in themselves. We all go through the year and we do mistakes. Everyone, we do mistakes. And we goof up. And the tshuva helps us to clean the whole system out. It's like a cleansiness, sort of to say. And you, fer- you felt much more vigorated. You know, you did tshuva, here I am. And, uh, you know, it's, it brings a person, a, a Yiddish man says, a geschmack. You wake up and you want to face the world. You know, one of the most important things about Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, which, which we to understand what tshuva is, many people don't understand because they make it too complicated. You know, when you make... You know, uh, uh, when, a, when a person makes things too complicated, then it becomes complicated. Tshuva means very simple. You tell Hashem, I am sorry what I did. This week's parsha is a very frightening posik. The posik says, you're going to see tzorois, rabois, many pain coming to you. Talking about as a nation, as an individual, many, a holocaust. And you're going to say, do you know why this has happened? Happening, God is not with me. God is not with me, so that's why I'm having all the tzoros. The pussy goes on, the Hashem says, I'm going to hide from you. He says, you realize you made a mistake. You're saying, why am I going through this? Why is the nation going through this? Because Hashem is not with me. And Hashem gets even more annoyed. So the Mephoshim explained, sometimes we know we did something wrong. But we're not going to say, I'm sorry. You know, often people, when they have shown bias problems, they know they did something wrong. But they don't know how to say, I am so sorry. So even though you know this is happening from Hashem, but to, to push yourself to say, I am so, so sorry. Someone, someone told me recently, if someone is not well, and he says to me, probably Hashem is punishing me. 
Tzai says, you know, it's, what can I, den- I can't deny to you, Chazal say, pain comes from sins, but what we could do is tell Hashem, I am so sorry what I did, for all my shortcomings, for for this, for not eating kosher, whatever person thinks that he could have done, Sam, that's what Hashem wants, the next step, often we know we did something wrong, this, this, this person was saying, I know I'm sick and uh, I must have done something very bad. Yes, I mean, pain comes from, from our sins, but the Hashem wants the next step. Just say, I'm embarrassed what I did, I'm sorry what I did. And then the Rabbani Shloylam could help a person, he will forgive him, and then the, pay, the, the, the sins get washed away. And then a person could get even help more. You know, Bilam, listen to Bilam. Bilam was a shrewd guy. You know, Bilam was an evil, shrewd guy. Imagine his partner was a donkey. Step with a donkey. You know what I mean, uh, and it wasn't that a donkey was so attractive to him. And I was young, I couldn't understand this. Until <coughs> I found this, he says, <coughs> the reason he did it, he knew by doing this, he'll become very tome. Uh, nothing, nothing very tragic. He knew if I do such an abomination, I'll be able to pile tumah onto myself. Knew when the malach was standing on the way, and the malach, and he sees it can't budge, so he says to the malach, Chatusi, I sinned. So the medrash says, the second he said Chatusi, the malach can do nothing to you. He couldn't hurt him. The second he said Chatusi, I say over a funny story. There was a guy and, uh, who used to break into shoes. I don't know where he is now. Anyways, he used to break in. One time I called him breaking into the pishka in, my, in the shul. And I kicked him out. And I told him never ever to come back into the shul. And he used to go around making dollars. That was his, uh, you know, by morning. And one day he doesn't come to shul. I meet him in front of my house. He tells me, Rabbi, why don't you let me come into the shul? And uh, I said to him, because you break into the pushkas. I caught you. No, I didn't do it. I said to him, you didn't do it? If you didn't do it, let's go to the police station. Because the police station, policeman took the uh, uh, fingerprints. And if you didn't do it, I am going to give you a letter that everyone should give you money. Person letter. He becomes very quiet. And he says to me, Rabbi, I am a kleptomaniac. I did sin. I did steal. And, you know, I, I just couldn't help but I burst out laughing. Before that, I was all like, I'm going to get you. And he said, Rabbi, I am a, I'm, I'm a thief. I'm a kleptomaniac. Fancy uh, uh, name. But I remember standing there in awe how he, I was in an angry mood and I was going to corner him. And all he said to me, I am a, I am a ganav. And the second he said it, you know, my whole anger, whatever anger I had dissipated. This is Medrash says, Bilam knew this. Bilam knew if I say Chotusi, the, the, no, the, 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 can't give me more pain, can't hurt me more. So this is what we have to learn about the Shonim Kippur, to the Slichas. We have to say, it's not just a verbatim thing you say. You've got to feel it and say to Hashem, I'm so, so sorry what I did. Sometimes it's very, very painful because sometimes 
the one who needs to say I'm sorry to Hashem has the hardest time to say I'm sorry. That's so painful. You know, the one who needs to face and say to Hashem, I'm really deeply sorry what I did, is the one who has the hardest time to say. You know, there's another important thing about Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, which is, you know, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, in life, we, we, we come across and we hurt people. We get hurt, we hurt people. We could overcome and say, I forgive everyone who hurt me. But which is very important, if someone asks you forgiveness, you should, be forg- you should forgive. And you should ask forgiveness for people that you hurt. So I always tell people, it's very easy to ask your wife and your children. It's people who you, you know, distant, you have a hard time picking up the phone to ask. Those are the ones that you really have to ask. Now, every year, one of the most common questions people ask me, do I have to call up someone, someone who's very insulted? I know someone is very annoyed with me. I, the only reason he's annoyed with me, I don't give him attention. I'm a rabbi, I don't have time. <laughs> I don't, and I would like, they shouldn't be annoyed with me, but uh, I don't feel like, uh, but another lady told me that she has a friend, she didn't invite her a bar mitzvah, and the reason she didn't invite, she made her home, and she made it for a limited of people. She has a small apartment, she couldn't afford it. This friend is very angry at her. And she says, you don't have to ask forgiveness, just write her email, explain about the situation, and she did, and she's still annoyed with her. Just, you don't have to ask forgiveness. You are paying for the food. You made the simcha. You can't tell me how I should make my simcha. If I hurt you, and I, you know, and, and I, it's one thing. But I am making, and I'm spending money, and I'm limited time. You, some, some people get hurt about this, but that's not your responsibility. When is your responsibility? When you really hurt the person. And you have a right to demand that the person should ask forgiveness. You know? It'd be nice. If a person, you know, you can be worried, but some people, someone, someone asked me a few months ago that he was molested by someone, by an uncle, when he was young, and he says, he asked me to forgive, and I says, no. I says, it's not a, verb, a, you know, lip service. If you were so hurt, you can't forgive, you don't forgive. You know, there's nothing you can do. It's, that's, it is... Forgiving has to be you really forgive if he hurt you so badly. See, it's obviously, let's say he step on someone's toe by mistake. Most often you say, I'm sorry, the person accepted he has, I'm sorry. But let's say it wasn't stepping on his toe. You stepped and broke the toe. The car went over his toe and broke it. Then you really need a big I'm sorry. I don't know if you're saying I'm sorry. And if it's worse than that, then you really have to say even more I'm sorry. You know what I mean? But, you know, that's, that's exactly what we have to do. It's not enough just to say, you know, a person says a little bit, I'm sorry. If you hurt someone badly, he deserves a real, real powerful apology. It all depends. The same is with us and Hashem. We, have, we never know which Aveda demands a higher apology. Certain Avedas, we think we step on it, but that really we have to say, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. That's why... You know, the Tamid of Hashem unanimously all bring this down. 
I'm sure it's from the Bashamtav, but all bring this down. Doing tshuva every day helps a person to get closer to Hashem. Nothing keeps a person close to Hashem, the person doing tshuva every day. Because when you do tshuva every day, it's like, you know, imagine you have a relationship with someone, you keep on hurting each other. You keep on hurting the person. After a while, you get distance. But if you clean up your act every day, all the time, it's easier to get closer. So doing tshuva every day literally helps a person to bind with Hashem, to make a connection with Hashem. Speak up. That's what I'm saying. If a person hurt a person, let, let me get, let me, you know, whenever we, he asked, let me repeat the question. He wants to know, someone asked me that he, you know, he was molested by an uncle. His uncle, after many years, asked him forgiveness. And he says, I'm not, I don't forgive you. He's so hurt. So when do you have to forgive when you don't? Imagine a person hurt you a little bit. Most people, okay, you hurt me a little bit. It's easy to forgive. Imagine a person burned down so, your, your house, Lahachis, and you lost all your valuables. The next day he comes to you, can you forgive me? It's shy such a thing. Are we made out of plastic? I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? If you, if you show, if your guy shows he's going to, let me, you know, I burned the house down, let me pay for it. Tell me how much the value of the house was. I'll pay you for the house. I'm so sorry that I did it. I'm paying for the house then you're much easier for the person to hear, I could forgive the guy. Look at how sorry he is. He's willing to put up $400,000 and replace all the furniture and replace whatever he could do. Then, you know, you see he's sincere. You know, but if a person says, I'm sorry, you know, you know, he calls up his nephew, it's Yom Kippur, you know, I, I know I did it, please forgive me. The guy would have called up and says, I know you're so much pain. You know what? You're going to therapy. I'm going to pay you all the therapy. And all the money you spend on therapy, I'll pay you for this. Then, he's sincere. He's willing to cost money what he did. He probably has to pay for it. He caused him damages. But just to say, I'm sorry, you know, it's such, a, it's such an enormous violation. And what he did... Just to say I'm sorry is like stepping on the toe. How could a person forgive? Unless he's, uh, Ramam says, there are people who look at this world as Hevel Avolam and they could say it's nothing. But an average person, it depends what you t- t- do to him. Imagine an average, you t- t- took someone in public, and insulted him, you said on him the worst lies. And the next day you ask him, can you lend me your pen? Can I borrow your pen from you? And the guy says, great, for sure. I mean, the normal action was he likes to punch you in the face. Or maybe he will shoot you. They, you know, many people have this misunderstanding. If you're really sorry, you would get up in public and apologize. You say, I did something terrible. Someone showed me a letter, one of my children. Someone did something in New York, a whole story. And he wrote a public apology letter. He insulted someone, and he, he caused a person terrible pain. He didn't even ask him. He wrote a public letter on the internet, I think, on the news, one of these news things. I'm not familiar with the 
the bloggers, but a public apology. And he says, I know it was a horrible thing what I did, and I didn't judge you for the benefit of the doubt. And that is, you could say, yes, if a guy did everything he could do, you should forgive him. But very often people have this, I, I said, I'm sorry. Sometimes the sorry is an insult. You know, you, you, you burn someone's house down, you call them, please forgive me, I'm sorry. That's sometimes even more painful than anything in the world. But if a person is sincere, I made a mistake, I was violent, I was young. I once met a, a Russian guy, nothing against Russians, I once met a Russian young guy and and he told me a very, very frightening story. He says, when he was young, I was an unbelievable madman. I made my wife's life miserable. Miserable. He says, I, he was telling me this like, uh, then he met, he got divorced, and he met, uh, he, blamed, he says the, the, the credit comes from Georgian Jews. I forgot which, the Bukharam is in Georgian. I don't know which. Uh, there's someone else. Anyways, he's different. He said, he said from that place, and she's very calm, and she remade my life, and she made me see, that was his words, how terrible I was with my first wife. Just great of a lady could make a, he says, every, you know, I pay child support without asking, she says, he says to me, I, whenever I meet any of our old friends, I publicly say to them, I was, uh, I don't want to use his words, but I was not a mensch, I was, uh, and I was terrible, and he says, I hope one day she'll forgive me. But I was amazed how every time he meets his family, her family, I know I was terrible, but I did when I was young. And I told him, one day she'll forgive you, because you know she, he became religious, she's not religious, she doesn't want to hear about him. But if you keep on doing it, there's no way you know, she one day will hear you and forgive you. But it's very easy just for a person to say, call you up. People have asked me this all the time. Call you up, he did something terrible, and please forgive me. Many years ago, a guy called me up and he said to me that a guy took away his business. They were partners, and under his nose, he stole the whole business. I, it wasn't you're going to detail, I don't want to go to whole complicated, but he did, he did a terrible avlo, did, no question. And the guy had no panosa. He had panosa together with partners, and somehow he, he got and pushed him out of the business, and he signed papers, uh, the whole story. If it's true what he was saying, the guy called him up, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry that we have a, he didn't even say I'm sorry, but he did. I'm sorry you're so angry at me. He didn't even say I'm sorry. He just called him up, you know, and he hung up the phone, and he says, that's not I'm sorry. And if it's true what you're saying, he really has to apologize, and much, much more than that. See, to answer your questions, people are just struggling. If you just say, I'm sorry, he was molested, if he would have called him up and would have said to this young boy, this is his nephew, he's not young anymore, this guy's uh, about, uh, about at least 28, 27 years old, would have told his nephew, you know, when you're young, I did this to you, I, I know you're on therapy, I'm willing to pay all the therapy and the future because you're in such pain. Then the guy says, I'm sorry, you should forgive him. Shows he's sincere. But many people say, I'm sorry, because they're afraid of Yom Kippur. You know what I mean? You know, they're afraid of Yom Kippur, so I better say I'm sorry. Not because I'm sorry, but I want, I want to be in good terms with Hashem, so I better ask forgiveness. Not that he's truly sorry, yes. Um, one of the 
deliberate purpose. Usually if he paid back, he's not going to be so angry anymore. <laughs> Usually it works that way. They didn't what? You know, it's the same thing. A person, person pays for the wedding. And if each person comes, he has to pay. He didn't pay you. It's, it's annoying. It's not nice. It doesn't, but he didn't hurt you. It's not nice. You helped him with the shidduch and you were not invited. It's not nice. See, that's a huge difference. If a guy insults a person, steals something, I said in Shabbos, someone asked me a very interesting question. Many years ago, he cheated someone $150. Many years ago. That means they had an argument and he lied to the guy and uh, he doesn't remember, it was 100, 150, he doesn't remember. And for years I've been bothering for $150, I, such a silly thing. Was, he tells me I was dead embarrassed to call him up and to give him the $150. He says, now I have an opportunity. We're doing business again. I want to just write a check at $200. He sells him things and he does for him. He says, is it Rebus? I says, of course not. He says, am I going to be Yoitzer by returning the thing? He says, yes. See, the only reason, if you would have stole from him, you caused him pain, then you have to ask forgiveness for the pain. Here, you lied to him. And he really thought that you don't own the money. So you didn't cause him pain, you know, you fooled him. If you give him back the money, you, even though he doesn't know, he just, you know, he's able to add another $200 to the bill, and the guy either would know, and I would say, that you, uh, I made a, he was able to do it. Then you, you were Mekayim the Mitzvah. You, you gave back what you needed to give back. But it's, it's, it's interesting, I saw uh, how this person, uh, he doesn't remember how many years ago, because he says at least 10, if not more. But it was amazing how he bothered him all his life, you know, for the last 10 years, I would say, that he did for $150, he was so silly. I wish we could be so conscious about the Russian Hara we spoke 10 years ago. I, I really admired the person. Can I say one more? Sure. That is true. A person, let me explain what he's saying. That is true. The Chazal say, if you get a moichel someone, which you really, really don't have to, or you never apologize the right way, if you could overcome and say, I forgive you. But when people ask me the question, this young man told me, what? How can I forgive him? I live in turmoil and pain all, uh, all the time. That's why one of this, this is one of the most shalom, but I realize when a person gets molested, they suffer a long, long time suffering. 
He said, I could have forgiven him. God just calls me up, my uncle, and says, forgive me. He, you know, he, he, if, if a person could be a high level and say, you know what? He doesn't even really ask the real forgiveness, but I'll forgive him. It's great. But an average person, you know, would say, I forgive you out of, out of Yom Kippur, and the next week he sees him, he thinks he's going to punch him in the nose again. That's not a forgiveness. Forgiveness means you really forgave him, you wiped it off the slate, and I'm, I, I don't bear a grudge. Forgiven. But if a person, you know, that's always the question, the pain, and how he asks your forgiveness. If the pain is enormous, you have to just can't call up and say, uh, forgive me. If a guy burns the house down, or a guy molests someone, you say to him, I'm so sorry, what can I do? Can I, can I go public? And I, this Russian guy told me that he goes around telling her whole family that he was the one who was a bad guy. And, you know, and he, he said he feels very b- bad what he did. But one day she'll forgive him. But just to call someone up to, and it's right before, or email someone, it's emails a lot, and he says, you know, I hurt you. And the person says, I, I don't feel I could forgive the person. You can't, you can't. He never asks you. The only time you should forgive when the guy really is sincere. He's sincere saying, I forgive me. Then, then, then you should forgive him. But a guy just you know, calls you up, can you forgive me? I know of another story where a person owes a guy $3,000. Not a lot of money, it's not a lot. And the guy doesn't want to pay him. And he wants to ask them to forgive him. And he says, you know what, let's go to a rov. Let's go to the entire. He asked me afterwards, I said, no, till he doesn't pay you, there's nothing forgiven. You know, the guy owes you money. He says, if I'm, he says, I'm not, I try to tell him who says you're right, but at least he says to him, I, we have a debate. Let's go to a rav. You don't have to go to the Torah. He says, call him, you know, email him back, tell him you're willing to go to a rabbi. Anyways, I want to rather focus that one of the greatest, we have just a few more days left for our court date. And the best way to do tshuva is to take time for yourself. Sit down, literally make time for yourself. Take time, sit down, and ask yourself, what am I doing? We say, we said this week's parasha, take to your heart. It doesn't, you know, the reason we say slichas, the only reason we say is to wake us up. Slichas is said only to wake us up, to be aware of what we're doing. We are not always aware of what we are doing. So this is, the, this is what a few more days we have left, and we have a whole of Seres Mechuvah, but just to take time and tell Hashem, here I am, I'm really, really sorry. And the more you say I'm sorry, the more Hashem forgives you. There's many, many levels of forgiveness, the Rambam says, many, many high levels. And the ultimate level is that Hashem he says, it's like you never done it. It is such great tshuva, it's like you never, that's called tshuva mahava. Tshuva mahava means that you love Hashem so much, and you say, I was so silly for doing this. My love to you is so great. That the regretfulness comes from the love, not from the fear, just from the good. That we have to work on. And Sira Shoshana Yom Kippur gives us the strength that we should be strong for the rest of the year.
because you know it's 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 Rosh Hashanah is Yom uh, Adin, and we're really sort of facing Hashem gives a person a strength that the rest of sort of you know, his life sort of to say or even the, just the year to have uplifting. I say every year to myself and I tell this to everyone. Why don't you do one thing this year you take upon yourself? I will change one thing in my life. I watch when I do it. I told this to people and also told me, you change one thing of your life, you feel so great because you don't feel like a fool. Every year you come back to Rosh Hashanah and you say to Hashem, this year I'll be better. And you feel it's not so much better. Change. One thing surely change, which you know you're not doing correct, and change it to focus on it. And you could start now, and it helps a person enormously, unbelievable enormously, because you feel, look at I doing change to the better. People ask me this every year. I said to Hashem last year, I'm sorry, and I am back to square one. So I asked the person, you know, nothing changed all these years. The person admitted certain things got you. See, it hurt, helped. But if you do one thing, one, just don't make it a big thing. It goes down. Just make something small. This small thing I will change. Because then when you do change, you feel so great. I said to Hashem, I'm changing, and I changed. And the Pasik says this week's Pasha, Ki the Torah says very clearly, it's very close to you to do tshuva. There's a very famous Tanya that explains in a very simple way. You know, people ask, is it so easy? So he explains, the Torah is telling, it's attainable. You could do it. It's not easy. It's very attainable. I mean, it's, if tshuva would have been so easy, we, would, we all would have been better people. But the Torah is telling us, it is attainable. Very attainable. Could have means, doesn't mean that it's, I could just switch with a finger and say, I am going to change now. It doesn't go so quickly. But it is attainable. There's a very famous word from the Sasemis. The Torah says on Shuva, if you're going to say, it's not in heaven. It says, it's not in heaven. Who should tell us to go up to heaven? I mean, yeah, why does the apostle repeat himself? Just say it's not in heaven, it's in this world. So Samuel says that the Torah is teaching you have to tell yourself, I'm willing to go to heaven to change. If a person says he's willing to do anything to change, he will change. The people have a hard time changing, want to change in a very easy way. Very simple. They want to, you know, take a pill and I will change. No one changes by taking a pill. It needs and demands work to change. It really does. Any questions? Any other questions? Well,
He still has to ask forgiveness. Yeah, he has to. He has to ask. Another one has to ask. Both have to ask. But if you don't mean it, let me explain. Yeah. Let me let me let me answer this question. So many people ask me. What's your first name again? Yossi asks a very important question. I heard this question so often. We say Krishna Lamita at night. I hope you all say Krishna Lamita. I forgive anyone who teased me, hurt me, you know, chastised me. I forgive everyone. And, and he's asked, so why do I have to ask forgiveness? See, if a person says it, Well, the 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 the, the makor for this hirotzon. Okay, let me elaborate. And and the Gemara says a person has to forgive if he asks to be forgiven. That's what it says in the Gemara. And the Ramam says a person doesn't he ask for forgiven, he's not a nice person. He's called a sinner. The Zoyer says a very very famous story. The Zoyer says there was a guy who was uh, the or what's the name, learning, and to watch the guy sitting on the ledge of a cliff. And, and as they were learning, they noticed there was, there was a snake coming to, uh, to bite him. And the, before they had a chance to tell the guy, you know, another animal came and grabbed the snake away. So Abhi says, this person, we're going to see more miracles. Just then he, then he decided to get up and move away, and that part of the mountain fell. So the second miracle. So later they approached him, he asked them, what did you do such good things that such two miracles happened? The first one you didn't realize, second one, because only we saw it, but the second one you also realized, you got off the ledge, you walked away, and the whole thing fell down. So he said, he was thinking, he says, the only thing I do is every night when I go to sleep, I say this Yehirotzin. This is the Yehirotzin, the Zoe quotes. I forgive everyone. So Rebchia, Rebbe Yosef starts crying. And he said, it's no wonder such miracles happen to you because you're even bigger than Yosef Tzadik. Yosef Tzadik forgave his brother when they asked him forgiveness. You forgave even before, that's why miracles happened. So this Yehirotzin is put in into the tefillah because we're trying to emulate this guy, because we want miracles to happen, that even though the guy never asked me forgiveness, even though it's very difficult to forgive, I truly forgive. And it's a great thing. Miracles happen. Question that people always ask me, I, I say it, but I don't mean it. I heard this from lots of people. I say it every night. One guy told me he doesn't say it for years. Because I don't want to every night say it. I forgive everyone but, but Ploini Almoini. One person doesn't forgive, so every night I should mention his name. I don't say it. He was asking me, do I, do I, feel, do I, do I feel guilty? I'm like, nothing wrong. It's a nice thing to say. It's not obligation. Because you, you certain thing, time, it's true. If we could forgive, this, you know, it would be great. And I always tell people, Yosef Tzadi could have forgiven much easier because when you're a king up there and you realize what the brothers did to you, made you king, it's also easier to forgive. 
But when you're not king, and the guy took away your panasa, you're struggling, you can't say, I just forget. It's much harder. It is much, much harder. Yosef was sitting in his throne, and he realized, why am I sitting here? The brother sold me. I came to Mitzrayim. Even though it was terrible what happened, but uh, I, I'm sitting on the throne now. It's easier to forgive. Now, not advocate not to forgive. If a person could honestly forgive, it's the greatest thing. And, but, but you ask yourself before, people have asked me. A guy comes to me and I say, I forgive him. Then a week later, I'm annoyed at him still. That means you never forgave him. It was just lip service. That means you're really, really still very annoyed with him. You can't fool yourself. Yes. See, someone being annoyed at us doesn't, we don't have to ask forgiveness. Let's say someone is, this is the marshal. Someone is annoyed he wasn't invited to the bar mitzvah. Someone is annoyed because I don't give him attention. I know someone is annoyed with me. You know, that's, that's not where you ask forgiveness. You ask forgiveness, the guy ins- we insult someone by mistake. We hurt a person, or we were hurt. He, he slapped us, publicly, uh, how you say, said some lies about the person. You know, such things. But just because the person is annoying, you don't, if you have an annoying friend, you quit the friendships. I always tell this to people. You have to tell my uh, many daughters, and I always tell them, choose good friends. You don't have to be a friend who's not nice to you. You're not married to the person. It's not working. The friendship is not working. You just uh, find another friend. There are people walking around always feeling annoyed. Such people are difficult to live with. So I want to ha- tell you all to have a great a great year. Hashem shall help us all. That Hashem shall listen to our prayers. And we should uh, have and everything that we need, Hashem should listen to our branch. You have a, the, the bad things to, to, should turn good, and the good things should stay with us. Till we say, Hamashit Amen.